This is One in 36, a presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. One in 36 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And today I'm very pleased to be speaking with Lotus K. Lotus is a singer, songwriter, poet, and award-winning children's book author who has been published in a variety of media outlets. Uh, she's the author of the children's books, More Beautiful Than Heaven, Billy the Octopus, A Thanksgiving for the Turkeys, Jenny the Chimpanzee, and Friends Lift You Up which are about themes such as caring for the earth and wildlife and creating a more compassionate world. Um, and I know, Lotus, that there's a lot more that you're going to share with us about those books, what your inspiration is, um, some of the, the music that you write, and some of the things that you're going to be doing locally um, uh, here in and around Dutchess County. But uh, first, I'd like to say welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so you, I, we heard about you, um, primarily through uh, a contact we have at Dutchess County, um, in the Dutchess County legislator, uh, legislature. And, um, she does a lot of community outreach and, um, is very involved with, I think, anybody similar to me and this show. We, we love to talk to anybody doing good things, um, in the world and in the field that touches, for me anyway, touches, uh, autism and the autistic community in some capacity. Um, when I read about about you um, and went on your website and looked at some of the books and saw that uh, people like Jane Goodall were, you know, writing about you and aware of what you were doing and knowing that you were local. I really was excited to get to know you a little bit better. So um, if I could, can I just ask you to maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, maybe how old you are and um, when you got started in both writing and your musical endeavors? Okay, well, um, I'm 22, and um, I have, I'm interested in writing, like, my whole life, but um, when I was a teenager, I became, like, really into writing and also more aware of, like, things going on in the world and wanting to make a difference, and I also was homeschooled. I started homeschooling in high school, and um, that was also because schools, like, it was hard to get myself to school so and I had a few like some issues um like physically and mental health wise and um I'm talking about being autistic at you know some point here and, and I didn't because I was diagnosed with autism just like two years ago so I didn't know I was and so okay. that was a really hard thing for me so it was one of the reasons why you know I had to leave school but that was a whole blessing in disguise because it gave me time to find all these interests and passions and then next thing I knew I was writing books I wrote my first book when I was 16 and um then I created this now I have five books and um it was through a program um that Jane Goodall has um called Roots and Shoots which allows youth um to create a project you know along about the environment or whatever thing and that was the theme of my first few books was caring for the earth and the animals and I, I became very into that as well as music was just a really big outlet for me as well and I really wanted to you know I always wrote songs but I was like really shy and about it and stuff and it took me a long time to be able to even just like sing in front of people and share any of my rings especially my music and so now I'm finally in a place where I've released some songs and I'm continually releasing music and just being able to like perform and sing and dance a little in front of people mm -hmm. feels like really good to be at that point now and um 
yeah, and, I, and I'm really glad that I was allowed the space and the right environment for me to really find the things that I love to do and my gifts and everything and, and be able to express them. That's fantastic. Great story. Great background. Um, I love that you talked about, especially when it came to the music, that you talked about sort of always being interested in writing. And I assume that that may have implications both in your books, but also in your music. And then you've come to the point where now you're performing in front of people, you're dancing. I went on your website. I saw some YouTube videos of you doing some music videos um, for your songs. I thought those were great. And what it really made me think of specifically was if I were somebody, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you now, but if I were somebody who was around your age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe still in high school or maybe a little bit older, and I was um, kind of not sure where my passions were going to be. And then I saw you um, really like just feeling your own music and expressing it so beautifully and, and coming out of maybe that shell that you once felt that you were in. Um, I would feel inspired. It would make me feel like it was okay for me to do the same thing. So I'm just, my first question to you is, do you ever get feedback like that from other people when you're performing or when you're um, out in public or just interacting even with friends or family members? Does anybody ever tell you that you're an inspiration to them to maybe try something that they've been thinking about or feeling passionately about for a while? Yeah, I do get that. And I think it it means so much to me because of the fact that I think I was looking for like people like me. Um, like there's this sort of, um, sound like a stereotype, but that I see most often very extroverted personalities, especially in like the music and performing, like they've been doing it since they were like little kids and, and like put in the industry really young and they were always extroverted. And I didn't really see that many people that had like stories like mine where like they were so shy and where it was like, even though I I do think that's probably way more common than not, but like not a lot of people, I feel like, I don't know, for some reason I felt like I, I couldn't really find enough of people like sharing or talking about that. So I feel like I feel now like definitely inspired to want to talk about my journey and everything so that someone like me, like who I was in the past would have really, it would have really meant a lot to hear that. Like, because there was a time I thought I would just be like way too scared to mm-hmm. do it. And I honestly did not know if I ever would. And so, and now somehow I'm, I feel like w- way more comfortable. And so I'm like, that's, you know, I've inspired myself in that way, but then like, I really hope that anyone that needs that message and you know it's great to also be a performer and make people feel things and whatever but if it had any deeper meaning to what i'm doing knowing that it was like it took a lot to to get to that point then that's something i'm that i'm really proud of that i'd really want to be out there that's fabulous and i'm sure that you are probably more than people even tell you but i think it's really wonderful that people take the time to let you know um because the way you were talking it really it, it made it clear to me that it feeds you which then becomes circular almost because the more you're fed by that the more inspired you are to keep doing it and that inspires and, and affects the, the next um person who sees you so i hope you do continue um i can certainly relate to what you're saying I'm, my um i have a daughter who i think does not believe that i was ever shy because mm-hmm. i have a podcast now and I have a job where I meet and interact with people all the time. I make speeches in front of, you know, large groups, small groups. I'm just out there. Um, But I really was. And I never 
thought that this would be something that I would be doing. Um, so I think it is important that you share your story because um, it's good for you. And it's it's probably, again, uh, good for lots of other people, too. So congratulations on your success thus far. Let's get into these books, if you don't mind, because I am a big stuffed animal person. Um, <laughs> I had a, probably... I don't know, it feels like 200 on my bed growing up when I was a kid. Um, and you do something really special with your books. Um, the ones at least that are specifically about animals where each book is accompanied by a stuffed animal, correct? Yes. Why do you do that? Well, so when I had the idea um, for starting a Roots and Shoots project, it was an idea I had with my sister Mm-hmm. And um, who's like like three years older than me, and so at the, and at the time she was still a teenager. And we came up with the name Bears for Cares, and the original idea was just that we were going to have bears that um, were connected with certain causes, or that we could give to kids, or you know, kids that were really like that, like you know, like we, we had all sorts of ideas about it. And then um, I kind of realized that like I mean, anyone could have a stuffed animal, but they like how how does it wrap up with the cause? How do they know that? And that's and I was like, should it come with like a pamphlet or what was going to explain it? And and I, since I was young, would like like to write little stories and like mm-hmm. and think. And so my sister was like, you should write children's books with it. And um, so it actually started. The original idea was with the stuffed animal that then stuffed I stuffed animal was first. Book. <laughs> yeah, to go with the stuffed animal was the original idea, and that's why it's called like all the books are connected with bears for care. So that's where that all came from. And then. So that was the first book, More Beautiful in Heaven, was connected with the first stuffed animal, um, Barry, call it, the <laughs> white bear, made with, like organic materials. It's great. But then um, I uh, there were some characters in the book, like um, there's Billy the octopus and Jenny the chimpanzee. And at one point I was given some sort of like, like I, I wanted to get involved in like i think i reached out to there's a there's a organization called mission blue connected mm-hmm. with sylvia earl and i really wanted to like get involved and like i was really inspired i wanted to help the oceans and stuff and i think it was like a pitch to me or something that maybe i could like write something for them or whatever and i remember being like um you know thinking okay i could write like an article i could write or whatever and then it came to me i was like I-, I really wanted to think like what if this could like be a children's book that i write about the oceans mm-hmm. and then i realized there's a character in the book that I was more beautiful in heaven that was an octopus and I was like what if Billy the octopus gets its own book and that's about the ocean and so then I got that idea and then we were working on a second book like before more beautiful in heaven even came out then we started working on a second book Billy yeah. the octopus, and they wound up coming out at the same time and I got a stuffed octopus to go with Billy the octopus then I was like well I can't leave Jenny out Jenny should have a book now so then there's Jenny the chimpanzee mm-hmm. with um about our connectedness with like chimpanzees um and like jane goodall and stuff but um but like yeah because they're like our closest genetic relatives and so just how like humans were all connected with the animal world and how animals i feel just you know all these different things i want to cover in the book and i'd say jenny's probably a fan favorite out of the stuffed animals they're all great but um really? people really like like i jenny is really huggable I've, a little, I've had a few different people and like that like some little kids but also some like adults or whatever. That yeah, I was raising my hand. Jenny, um, just really lovable stuffed animal, but they all are. But Jenny is definitely really like very much so. And um, and then I wound up. I was like getting into Ryan children's books so that next time I had an idea, like I wanted to do something maybe you know arounding like um around Thanksgiving time. Like um, I, I am vegan, so I do like try to you know 
avoid eating I eat eating animals and I wanted to do a, a Thanksgiving book that would be I call it Thanksgiving for the turkeys and that comes with the stuffed turkey and it's about having a vegan Thanksgiving and mm. every year you know I go to a sanctuary and I read that with a bunch of turkeys around me so that's become a whole thing and and then like I I now starting to branch out a little bit not from I realize there's more I want to talk about than just like the animal rights and the environment and I mm. had the idea for a book of friends that you up which you know talks about just some of the hard you know like relationships you have in school like bullying and stuff and um bullying between friends specifically because the, i just think that was and so then the, i so now i'm just like um covering a just whatever theme whatever thing i'm i'm thinking well, you, it sounds like you found a uh, a really great sort of platform or venue to get your messages across yeah and you also seem like you're just the type of person who has um a tremendous amount of a, a large number of ideas that are constantly yeah. flowing in your mind. Yes. So establishing the platform is great because now you have like a, a way to get it out there. Um, yeah. We're going to take a short break. I told you this was going to go fast. So we're going to take yeah. a quick break. But when we come back, I would love to get a little bit more into these latest books, the ones about friends lifting you up and anti-bullying and that kind of thing. Um, and then we have some more questions about your music and what you're going to be doing in the near future um, out in person where people can find you. So this is One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you hear? Quash. Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, oak tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think you would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. And now, 1 in 36 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm talking today with Lotus Kay. Um, Lotus has been giving us a lot of information about her ideas, her books, her five books um, so far, I think. We'll see if there are more. Um, and thank you for explaining. Um, well, I guess answering a big question, which is which came first, the book or the stuffed animal? And for you, it was the stuffed animal. Yeah. Um, and I just want to touch on on your your breadth of ideas first. Uh, I love that you sort of started with, you know, animal activism, animal rights and caring for the environment and then moving into the environment. And then um, the Thanksgiving book strikes a chord with me only because um, I am not vegan, but I remember Thanksgivings. There were a few in my in my younger days where my cousins were uh, vegetarian for a while, or maybe vegan, and we hosted a big Thanksgiving at our house every year. And the couple of years that they came, that they weren't eating turkey. Um, nobody knew what to do. And we were a very close, loving family, but nobody else had gone through this. Nobody knew what to do. They were young. They were sort of in maybe middle school, high school age. Um, I think a book like yours probably would have helped us all to be a little bit more understanding and a little bit more aware of maybe why and also how 
to not compromise or have any feelings of compromising somebody who might want a super traditional Thanksgiving while um, being really welcoming and open to our loved ones who weren't eating turkey that year. So do you do you do you get feedback that people use it for that purpose? Yeah, in the back page, I have back pages in my book, so there's a story, and then I'll have like information kind of in the back. And so in the back of the Thanksgiving book, it literally has a page on like how to do a vegan Thanksgiving and alternatives to wherever there might be you know animal products in it. So you know definitely if anyone's confused about how to have a vegan Thanksgiving, it shows you how to do that. And every year Thanksgiving's really good and really yummy for me because right we we do it figured it out. So yeah. um. Yeah, and, and no, it is good. It's it, it um I've definitely had people um you know even some of the people I was working with or whatever because they were on the book be like I'm not gonna have turkey this year on Thanksgiving and so I'm like yeah like that's that's a, a, a cool thing. I love that. So I I would sum that up as saying you offer the why and the how. Um, yes. which is often yes. one or the other is missing um, from a lot of resources. So that's really great and very personal perspective. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you moved into um, more of the social stuff, the anti-bullying, the friends lift you up. Is that, if it's not too personal, I mean, is, is that based on some of your own personal experiences? I know you talked about leaving school and being homeschooled and how that became a blessing, but it sounded like maybe it was a decision based on some tough experiences. So is that something that you're like really focused on now? Yeah, I like there was a lot in certain experiences I had growing up and certain friendships. And yes, it was definitely based on my own experience. And mm -hmm. um, I think maybe I was looking for some sort of even like closure or something to and when I wrote the book it was also before I was also diagnosed with autism so like that really helps explain why certain things were happening but I really didn't understand and so yeah no I and when I went friends with Jeff was definitely just me looking for an outlet for expressing yeah just and I was really just affected by certain um just like friendships and like I, I guess I did early on in life have issues with certain like relationships or whatever and um and i feel like when people talk about bullying it's very like stereotypical like as if like someone throwing against a locker and calling you whatever and, like for me like it was much it wasn't even like as much bullying it was just like i didn't know why i always felt like i was on the outside and so this character april this april and tyla is the story and i think i really put myself into the character april like from the first scene or whatever she's kind of like sitting by herself and you know and then she makes this friend or whatever but then it's kind of a complicated friendship but i think i just i just this feeling of just like being kind of like i just always felt like a little removed from the group and didn't really know why and, and didn't know if I was being purposely left out or like whatever when I so like because then that would feel more like bullying when maybe it wasn't purposeful um but it was a it was that was a hard book to, to do because it it felt like it was it was a hard thing to talk about or whatever but then I'm I'm, I'm glad I did it and everything and um and then even in, and now when I wrote the back pages of the book but there's more information or whatever I did like well, I did some tips on like how to you know prevent bullying or how to be a good friend. Um, but I also share a little author's note where I do say that I'm autistic and everything. And then that, um, yeah, that, that it's interesting. So when I first wrote the book, I didn't know I was autistic. But by the time it came out, because it takes like about you know like like I wrote the book when I was like 18, but then I found it at 19. So by the time the book came out, mm -hmm. it was, had been like a year. So I was able to write that note in the end. And yeah, there was a lot of different factors and why I had to leave school. And that was definitely one of the the things was having difficulties with like just dynamics and stuff. And um, it's a very common thing for yeah, so yeah, yeah. 
that is that is uh, very unique. I think the idea that you started a project that was sort of cathartic to begin with, I think you said, and, and maybe looking for some closure and then partway through gained a piece of information, just an additional piece of information about yourself that maybe doesn't sound like it completely changed your perspective. It just sort of added one more piece into into sort of figuring it out and, and your um, your experience. So I love that you shared that. Um I mean, I can say just from the families that I speak to on a regular basis um, at Anderson between um, I used to be a teacher also a long time ago. I'm a social worker. I So many people that I've interacted over the years of my career, whether at Anderson or other places, would benefit from a book like that. Um, and, and I want to just piggyback on something that you started to talk about with bullying. Um, bullying has gotten a lot more attention recently, which is important. I think there's all sorts of bullying. It's, it, it, it hasn't gone away. It hasn't stopped. Um, sadly, it has led to some really tragic outcomes for a lot of people. However, um, I think there is a kind of bullying that's sort of quiet and, and harder to notice, which is that like kind of what you talked about, like, yeah. okay, you know, you can sort of mainstream in school. You can, some people call it masking. You can kind of get by, yeah. Um, but is there something going on just below the surface that is harder to perceive? Yeah, it's like subtle things that maybe don't mean so like anything to the other kids. They might not even remember doing it or remember, mm-hmm. but like to that one person that they're like doing that one little, even if the subtle thing, it can do a lot to someone or whatever. And also the type of bullying, like I wanted to cover friends because sometimes it's hard when, um, it's a friend that's being kind of mean to you sometimes or whatever. I think that happens a lot. And so that's really a lot of what the book is about is um, like your friends should lift you up. Your friends should support you. You shouldn't feel like your friends are talking about it, about you or behind your back or like there's the, that's such a common dynamic. And, um, and we've normalized that and having kind of frenemies. And, um, so just looking back, I would just, you know, there's definitely just certain friendships or whatever that, you know, were pretty damaging. And I, but it's hard because you think this is my best friend, but yet they're actually like, you know, not treating you the way that I think a real good friend could. And that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I like the phrasing you use and I would just add that, you know, one of the things I've always told my kids and when I was teaching, I would always talk about is your friends should make you feel good. Yeah. If you're hanging out with people who just generally make you feel bad, you know, reach out for some help. Ask somebody who you trust. Talk to a parent. Talk to a teacher. Talk to, you know, I guess, look for things that you can believe in in yourself. So these are all positive messages, Lotus. This is great. I'm so glad that there's somebody that you're out there um, and hopefully there are others. But but now I get to talk to you um, and you're out there and you're doing this work. And and it's really wonderful to know that we are out of time almost. But we have enough time for you to share um, some places where people can follow you or find your work, see your music videos, check out, other, you know, more about you and also um I thought that I heard that you're doing something either with, are you doing, are you involved in the Dutchess County Fair this year in August? Yes. Okay. I'm going to be doing a book reading there. Um, so um, I think that's August 24th. Hopefully I'm getting that date right. Sounds right. Yeah. Sounds right. But I'm sure they have a website and you can also, and do you have a website or, or social media or any way that people follow you? Yes. I have lotusk.com. So mm-hmm. that's where a lot of, all the information will be. I also, my usernames on, on social media are usually Lotus, the letter R and K-A-Y, Lotus R-K. So that's where I am like on Instagram and Twitter. I also have like Lotus K music. You can follow my music specifically on Instagram. Um, and um, I also have Bears for Cares as a website, like .com, but also as um, on Twitter, um, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and also I have a TikTok and if 
I actually, that's been the place where I've really found community and shared a lot on being autistic. So like you can find me on TikTok. I'm just like talking all things autism and my experience there. So um, yeah, so that's, that's all great. Anderson just found TikTok. I think we're on there, but recently. So uh, maybe we'll connect. We'll find a way to connect. Um, If you're listening and you didn't catch all of the ways to follow Lotus, um, we will put those in um, when we post this podcast. You'll see them um, on our website, andersoncenterforautism.org, and also on our social media, which is where we'll be sharing it. And uh, Lotus, hopefully you'll share it as well, get the word out even more. But really, um, Lotus K, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I am just thrilled to know um, that you exist in the world and that you are doing what you're doing. Um, I hope that you'll come out or we'll see each other maybe at the Dutchess County Fair um, during your reading. But really, um, congratulations on finding a way to really turn your passions into, without compromising, it sounds like, what you want to do, but turning them also into something that has the ability to impact so many and a much broader community. So thank you for sharing your story and your background and being on the show today. Thank you. This is One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 36, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join them for another edition of the show at this time next weekend.